Welcome to the Exploring Unschooling podcast. I'm Pam Larickia, longtime unschooling mom and author. Join me and my wonderful guests for interviews, information, and inspiration about unschooling and living joyfully with your family. You can find the episode show notes, your free introductory ebook, What is Unschooling?, and lots more information at livingjoyfully.ca. And here's the show. Hello, Explorers. I'm Pam Larickia, and this is episode number 149 of the podcast. It's the 7th of November, 2018, as I record this intro. This week on the podcast, Tatiana Plachenko joins me to chat about her de-schooling experiences. I met Tatiana online pretty early in her unschooling journey and have had the pleasure of connecting with her in person a few times at unschooling events. We have a really fun conversation diving into her de-schooling stories, including her most challenging area, how her relationships with her kids have changed, what has surprised her most, her favorite thing right now, and lots more. As a personal update, the rest of Lissy's visit was full of fun and games and deep conversations and lots of bananagrams. <laughs> and she returned to Brooklyn on Monday. And the big announcement this week is that registration for the Childhood Redefined Online Unschooling Summit is now open. If you've not heard of the summit before, it's an online event slash course slash conference that I host with Anne Oman and Anna Brown. They've joined me on the podcast quite a few times, both on the Q&A roundtable episodes as well as individually, and you can find their episodes in the archive at livingjoyfully.ca forward slash podcast. The summit is really unlike anything else. We focus on your journey and the deep personal work that is needed in order to bypass those conventional scripts and get you to where you want to be, cultivating and maintaining a joyful, thriving, unschooling energy every day with your children. And we added new content to the summit. There are now eight full sessions and more than 12 hours of video content, all unschooling focused. And one of the wonderful advantages of this online platform is that you can revisit the content over and over. I know you'll make new connections and gain new insights a few weeks, months, and even years later as you bring your now more experienced self to the sessions. Another advantage is that all the content is available in various formats, video, audio, and text, so that you can soak it all in in the way that works best for you in the moment. So maybe it's video one day and audio the next. Not only that, these different formats encourage different connections. Over time, you will come to more deeply understand both yourself and the ins and outs of living unschooling with your family. We've decided to only open the summit to new participants two times a year, so it won't be opening again until late spring or maybe early summer of next year. The summit content itself is completely self-paced, but doing this allows us to deeply focus our attention on supporting the new participants as they work through the content, which is the purpose of our private Facebook group to facilitate conversations with us and the other participants as you process what you're learning and navigate ways to weave it into your family's lives. Now, we know there are people who've been patiently waiting for us to reopen, so we decided to give them, and you, the opportunity to join us, new content and all, at the existing price. But Saturday, November 10th is the last day for that. The price goes up at midnight. With the holiday season fast approaching, which is often a busy and stressful time, the summit could be a great way for you to stay grounded and connected both to who you are and to your children and who they are. We'd love to walk with you through this time into an amazing 2019. You can find all the details and register to join us at childhoodredefined.com or just click the link in the show notes. And with that, let's get to my conversation with Tatiana. Welcome. I'm Pam Larickia from livingjoyfully.ca, and today I'm here with Tatiana Plachenko. Hi, Tatiana. Hi. Hi. 
just a little introduction. I first connected with Tatiana online, and then I was lucky enough to meet her in person at one of our first Childhood Redefined Summits. It's been my pleasure to witness her unschooling journey so far, and I'm really excited to dive into her de-schooling path with her today. So to get us started, Tatiana, can you share with us a bit about you and your family? Sure. So we are a family of four. Uh, my husband and I, we immigrated to Canada, uh, both with our own families, him with his mom and uh, me with my parents and my brother when we were teens. And soon after we immigrated, we met each other and have been together ever since for almost 20 years now. Wow. So we went to university together here in Ottawa, Carleton U. We later traveled together after we graduated and uh, settled down here in Ottawa and had kids. So Valerie is our firstborn daughter and she is 10 and Daniel is our son. He is eight. We have two cats. Uh, they just went out so you won't see them. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, they're big parts of our lives too with their own unique personalities. Um, one of our cats actually goes every day and visits this elderly lady who has Alzheimer's. She's mm -hmm. being looked after by her husband and comes back home every night. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> I know. He's super sweet. And she loves him. And she actually recognizes him. Oh, she really? doesn't always recognize me, but she knows him. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So I'm curious to know, how did you discover unschooling and what did your family's move to unschooling look like? Sure. You were a big part of it, Pam. <laughs> um, so before I had kids, I imagined myself as a very different parent. Uh, and I grew up in an environment um, where order, predictability, and higher education were valued a lot. And uh, when I was younger, especially a teen, I rebelled hard against like those. But when expecting my first child, I was surprised that in my mind, I was conforming to everything I ever rebelled to. Ah. So... I thought I would have this perfect child who will feed on a schedule, who will sleep when it's time to sleep and eat when offered to eat. And we will have this perfect, predict predictable life. I'm going to be this perfect mother. And uh, so what happened is that we were blessed with a very strong-willed child would let us know from the very beginning that we've got it all wrong and she would cry inconsolably and definitely not follow any schedule uh, that I was still trying hard to impose on her. Uh, so I just literally threw my baby whispers books away. I uh, distanced myself for a while from family, friends uh, who had a similar mentality and just started to listen to my child. And I started to build the trust uh, not only with her, but also with myself as a mother. I started to listen to my own voice. And we started to attachment parent. Um, and at that time, I didn't know that there was a term like that. Mm -hmm. And I know that even now, um, I come across online um, people not liking labels. <clears throat> and I get it. But at the same time, I find them helpful to find like-minded people and finding your tribe, finding that support and mentorship. Uh, so then we started thinking of another child and, uh, before we knew it, we were pregnant with another child and we had two kids under the age of two. Uh, and, um, 
so our way of raising them was different from everyone's expectations. And I had very little support or understanding of what we were doing. Uh, and it was very tough. Um, and even though help was offered, but that was not the help we needed at that time. And I had no strength to deal with, uh, you know, defensive family members. So it was easier to just do it all ourselves, even though it was not easy. So there was just physical and emotional exhaustion bundled up together. My cup was empty. And I knew what kind of parent I wanted to be, but I would find myself just resorting to the old pattern that, that I was brought up with. So um, I was reading your book, uh, The Unschooling as a Hero Journey. And uh, I remember you saying that there is always a herald on the journey that um, announces to us that there is a different way. Uh, and I had to sit with it for a while and think like, so was there a herald and who was that herald? And it was very interesting uh, because my herald now has four kids and all her four kids go to school. But I remember the day when both of us were sitting next to a bathtub with one of one each of our children in the tub. They were little. And we were chatting. And I said, you know, I um I think I'm failing my daughter. I am not the parent I want to be. I yell and I, you know, behave in ways that I'm ashamed afterwards after that happens. And I don't know what to do. Uh, and she said, you know, uh, my mother-in-law, she picked up this book from the library. It's called uh, Raising Our Children, Raising Ourselves by Naomi Aldert. And I think you might find it very helpful. So I got that book and I loved it. It finally gave me some tools from um, to fill my brand new empty toolbox. Yeah. Yeah. And I started making changes. They started to work. And I wanted to learn more because in her book, Naomi never mentions that she um, homeschools or unschools and I started listening to her talks on her website and the word unschooling came up. So again, another label, right? Um, and I looked it up and um, I started looking into the philosophy and learning more and more about it. And then eventually Anne Amon's name came up and her conference that she was hosting I started reading your um, emails that you would send out every week I think there used to be an option and maybe still there is an option to subscribe to those emails to receive them once a week um, about unschooling and what it is and um, so we made plans to go to that conference in New York. Um, it was 10 hour drive for us. And uh, before we went, uh, both myself and Igor were reading the emails that uh, you would send out and they made a lot of sense to us and we found them very helpful. And attending our first We Shine was a crucial turning point for us. Uh, it sort of truly sealed the deal because um, we saw people parent. Um, we found mentors for ourselves. Uh, I went to every talk at that conference and I found it very, very helpful. And um, what I realized for myself then that I needed to do a lot of work on myself, that I needed to establish firmer boundaries in my life and walk the walk that we wanted to create uh, and envision for ourselves and 
for Igor, he's been on board with the philosophy itself, but he saw it working for children that week. And there was a big shift for him because we were there. It was a campground and we were there Monday to Friday where that was just the unschooling families. And he saw how people treat their kids differently, what kind of relationships they have. But then on Thursday, uh, other families were moving in for the weekend. And that difference just struck him so much. And he said, you know, he came to me. He didn't say there was no conclusion from him. He was just amazed at the difference. And I think that was a turning point for him as well. Oh, wow. That's awesome. That's right. I'd forgotten you guys were at We Shine too. (laughs) For a couple of years. Yeah, 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 exactly. Now, now I remember. (laughs) But oh my gosh, I love that. I love that story about how um, Igor was just in the place to see the contrast. That's really interesting. That he and he didn't go to any talks. He didn't do any work. That was just that for him. Wow, that's really interesting. Now, I was curious, just quickly, um, you mentioned, you know, when when Valerie was young and you decided to kind of toss away and cocoon for a while, you know, um, to kind of disconnect from the kind of messages that you didn't want to, um, to live. You wanted anyway. So I was wondering if there was some sort of, what was the kind of spark that made you decide this isn't working, I want to try something different. Do you remember? I think it was just her. Ah. Like, it wasn't working for her. Yeah. So I decided that's not, you wanted to find something that worked for her. That's it, yes. Like, if my child is not happy um, being put to bed by herself and, you know, magically fall asleep, but carrying her in a sling she does fall asleep, then I'm going to carry her in a sling because then she doesn't cry. So it was just listening to her. And I knew I wouldn't be able to listen to her or to my own voice if I kept listening to messages that were out there. So I just just pulled the plug that way. And I remember, and then because it's so like attachment parenting, I never heard about it. We were not brought up that way. Um, everybody would tell you, you know, you're spoiling your child if you're carrying them around all the time. But my midwife and like, bless her, she was amazing. She had to be with me only for six weeks, right? But I would call her after six weeks and, you know, freak out on the phone and be like, okay, so Frederick, when can I put her down? She's been in a sling all day. I need to take a shower. She's like, well, Tatiana, you know, there are those slings you can take in the shower with you. i like, Frederick, this is not what I'm asking. <laughs> I don't want her in the shower with me. I want to take a shower. When will I be able to put this child down? <laughs> and she said, when she's 18. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So that gave me a perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's she had four kids herself. And I think her child, her youngest was 18 at that time. (laughs) Oh, that's beautiful. (laughs) And I love the story of the Herald. I love even the idea of looking back and just kind of processing um, our journey because it helps us understand it um, better. And I think it helps us understand ourselves better. Um, I, I laugh. I still laugh that I I feel like my Harold was a school principal. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> you know that it was it was at the private school um, where Joseph was going, and he'd been there for months, and and we had a meeting, and so this was probably six months in, and she's like, "We have to. We'll start looking for his gifts," you know, and. 
he was doing better there than in the public school, but that was the point where I was like, oh, if you have to start looking now, this still isn't a great environment for him where he can shine, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that was my, okay, I'm going to keep looking for another way. And that was what kind of led me down that road. It's so fascinating. <laughs> anyway, we should probably move on. Um, what was the most challenging area of de-schooling for you? And how did you work through that? So for me, the most challenging area was to let go of my expectations of how things are supposed to be Mm -hmm. and how my kids are supposed to be and how I am and my partner and our relationship is <laughs> to be. <laughs> All the things. <laughs> but yeah, expectations, right? Right? Yeah. yeah. So letting go of that control and, you know, finding the beauty of how things are and, you know, how beautiful people are and I don't need to go around making them any better way than they already are so the things that I struggled the most in general uh, as far as unschooling goes is that I struggled with electronics and uh, one of my kids just loved it so much and uh, the thing is that he not only loved this the, the tool to use specifically for his interest he also used it as a relaxation or to get away from overstimulation. Mm-hmm. So he would be on it a lot, even when he was much younger. He's eight now. He's actually less on it now than he used to be um, because he found other ways to cope with situations that he found overwhelming before. So as long as I struggled, our relationship struggled. So I don't think I struggled at the beginning. I think I started struggling like midway. Uh, and I was faced before a choice to either choose a relationship that was just beautiful and connection or to get stuck in my beliefs and lose that trust that we had built. So and because my judgment of his choice were coming across as judgment of him. It was just a terrible feeling for him to have. And he would completely close down and not let me in anymore. And that was not the good feeling for me. So I, um, there was a big shift for me because when I went to We Shine, um, to the conference, the um, description of We Shine was a celebration of unschooling. And I always felt, I know that wasn't the case and I could ask those questions, but that was my internal process where I felt I couldn't ask questions like that at We Shine um, just because they were not very celebratory of unschooling, I guess, but my <laughs> doubt. Uh, but it was helpful when I went to Childhood Redefine and I could actually ask all those questions and uh, get all those answers. And uh, so when I came back from Childhood Redefine, and I actually Facebook sent me a reminder today that was exactly two years ago. I was at Childhood Redefine <laughs> right now. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> So I came back, I joined him in his games and his shows. I looked at his world through his eyes. I decided to let my fears go. I decided to trust that he was going to be okay. And, you know, like goosebumps, he started talking to me again. He started sharing his world with me again. He welcomed me back with his arms wide open as though, you know, nothing happened. (laughs) That was beautiful. Yeah. Uh, I think that was, I'll jump in because I got goosebumps too. (laughs) And it feels like 
like a kind of a, a leap into the unknown. Like you said, when you came back, you just, you decided, you know, you chose to just, just step past the fears. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to try this. I am going to, you know, um, join him in his world. I'm going to see through his eyes, through his perspective and see what he's loving about this and and that he welcomed you back you know he wants to share and connect with people children want to share and connect what they love with the people that they love right so if we can get past our fears and step in and join them there it's it's an incredible it's a life-changing experience isn't it right it is it It really is is. (laughs) and and, you know, and like what you're saying about jumping into that unknown, it's not easy. It's, mm-hmm. and, you know, I would sit and listen to talks at Childhood Redefined and uh, they were inspiring and, and we would have um, group conversations that were also, again, um, uh, redefining our perceptions of the world but then I would still at lunch sit with Anna Brown and, and, you know, and be like, Anna, just talk me through this. I'm not getting it. I'm still, you know, I'm, I'm just, I feel like I'm bumping my head off at a wall, you know, like, yeah. and, and she, and she, you know, coached me through it. And she, and she said, because, Another thing that I wanted to talk about that I was struggling with food as well. So my two big were mm-hmm. that and food. And she looked at me and she said, Tatiana, what's in your tea? What, what's in your cup? And I thought she was serious. I, I was like, well, I, I'm having tea, you know? <laughs> She's like, how did that just make you feel? <laughs> did it make you feel judged? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like, that was mean, you know? <laughs> She's like, exactly. Like, do you want kids to feel that way? I'm like, no. <laughs> and that struck with me, you know, it struck with me. She showed me how that makes them feel. That's beautiful. <laughs> Nicely done, Anna. <laughs> yeah, and it still, it still sits with me. You know, I still remember that. Yeah, yeah. I still, I remember the food discussions there when I was sitting outside. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I remember. I didn't know how you guys handled that. Some questions were pretty harsh. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it. Well, I mean, that's, to me, that's the interesting part. And it's why I love talking, you know, to different people on the podcast and the different perspectives you know, seeing unschooling through their eyes and how it came to them because it's fascinating and it's so individual, right? Um, But underneath, there are some things that um, really help us understand how unschooling works, how it flows, how our relationships support it, etc. And just being able to put you in your child's shoes for a few mi- few seconds there, Anna, by asking that question, right? That yeah. re- that was a light bulb moment for you, and it's different for all sorts of people, isn't it? You know what what will be that connecting point? And I love, love, love that. That's one of the things you know that has always struck me about you. Over the years, you still always came back, and you still kept asking your questions right? You still wanted to know. And I absolutely love that. And I will keep trying to answer and you keep trying to say it in different ways, maybe bring different examples, you know, different questions to ask yourself to help you find out what your light bulb moment is, right? What will connect with you to help make things make sense. So we got into why I love doing this and I love that you shared that story about that that light bulb moment because that that might be it for someone, you know, to to figure out a way to put themselves in their child's shoes. I to me <clears throat> that ability kind of comes along with the understanding that 
it's another level of understanding that adults and children are all people, right? That it's totally valuable for us to put ourselves in their shoes and that what they see and feel in a moment and understand from a moment is completely as valid and valuable as what we see in that moment. They're just another person in it, right? Yeah. 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 I think, I, I, I think like what you're saying about the aha moments is that people can tell you what it's like or what it is and you might nod and be like, yeah, okay, but I kind of get it. But I think until you have that moment where you do get it clearly, when you see it clearly, only then you can, you know, only then your perception changes. Changes, yeah. Yeah, I think that's why I encourage people to keep learning. And I encourage people to, you know, if you've, if you've read things that made sense to you and, and that um, read or, or listened to or watched, whatever, but to revisit those things like six months later, a year later, two years later, because you're bringing a different perspective to them, you will get different things out of them. You will have different aha moments. It's like, oh, I understood that. It made sense. You know, like when you first, when you and Igor were first reading the emails, right? Which mm-hmm. I turned into um, the What is Unschooling book just to update oh, that's it for people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but, you know, if you go back and read that now, you will see different things. It will connect with you more deeply because now you have some experiences to tie with it, right? Now you have those experiences with your son and you can get more depth out of it, I think. Anyway, it's, it's fast. That's, that's one of the things I love about de-schooling and why we talk about how it takes time. It's not that first, you know, read through, understanding it. This makes sense. This makes sense. This makes sense. Off we go. It really yeah. is so much about peeling our own layers back and really That's getting it. to depth. That's it. It's those layers, right? Like there are so many layers. And I think at the heart of it, like the biggest, biggest aha in general at the heart of the schooling for me was how it's healing. You know, it's, it's actually healing. It's our own healing journey. And, and that, it's all about me. It's me who needs to heal. It's me who needs to make those changes. Everybody else around me is fine. It's me, you know, and once I heal myself, only then my perception can change and I will just see word differently. I will not be triggered. It's my issues that need to be peeled and need to go. But I think the like the challenges along the way is that is that that process triggers us is that we get defensive um and 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 you know like i went to wishine two years in a row and then i didn't come back for a couple of years because i would get that triggered i would get that defensive but I think that defensiveness is from not doing the work. Like if we actually commit to the work and we keep on doing it and we keep on uh, wanting to change, then I think maybe that defensiveness can be avoided and years would not be lost along the way. Um, but I think yeah. that, I mean, that is part of our journey too. But I, I, and you are a thousand percent right <laughs> that these <laughs> things trigger us, right? There are things mm-hmm. that, that do that. And it, it's really hard, but to say, you know, to understand that those things that are, are triggering us are really where our next big chunk of work is to do, right? I still remember, True. you know, um, Ryan Holiday's book, The Obstacle is the Way. You know, the thing that you want to avoid is really <laughs> when, when, when you can is really what's going to give you a huge growth spurt when you dive into it, when you're ready to dive into it, you know, and I don't want to, 
come across as, as, as beating people up. I mean, if you need that space before you have the energy to do it, you need that time. Mm -hmm. But to understand that what we are most, um, most reacting to, most defensive about. There, you use that word. That's right. What we're feeling most defensive about and what we're most pushing away, if we can remember that that's probably a clue as to where we might want to start digging, I think that that can be helpful for people. Yes, and I also find that that space of defensiveness is the space of victimhood. And we can get stuck in that victimhood for a very, very long time. And that almost gives us an identity and that it almost like feels good, even though it doesn't. And yeah. we justify our choices and our decisions and how we want to be. But if we can let that victimhood go faster and not get stuck in that vertex of that yeah. defensiveness, yeah. then we can come out of it earlier and come out as a warrior and owning our story because I think that defensiveness comes a lot from our own guilt or the feeling of inadequacy of what we've done before so I think it's forgiving ourselves and moving forward yeah back back to that it's all about me yeah. Right. Because mm -hmm. it really is. Uh, I love that's that's the name of one of Anna's talks in in childhood redefined. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Because because it's it's really it's really true. You know, back to and it ties right back to the beginning when you were talking about expectations being the most challenging area, right? Because the expectations are us projecting onto other people. Mm -hmm. But really, when you get to the point where you understand they all have their own choices and they're wonderful, um, they're their journeys to take, right? Their lives to live, not me to control. I can control me. And then that's when you get to that point where you realize, oh, you know, all this work is mine to do. All these layers are mine to peel back. And you're right, when you're stuck in one of those layers, you're seeing everything around you through that lens. Like you said, yeah. that the, the story that you're telling yourself to justify keeping that layer, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's brilliant. Thank you. <laughs> uh, we, the more... Yeah? Yeah. No, it's just the more layers we peel, like the, the, the more layers we peel, the clearer the lens become and yeah. the clearer we can see the world. Exactly. There's a little story. It's more of a joke and you probably know it. It's like a woman keeps complaining to her husband that like she's looking through the window and she keeps complaining that her, um, her neighbor's laundry is very dirty and she keeps on hanging that um, dirty laundry to dry. And day after day, she keeps telling him this. So the husband went and cleaned her window. So it wasn't the laundry. It was her window. window. Oh. And I think that's kind of how the schooling works too, you know? Yeah. Uh, how, and how we, you know, judge other people around us. Because we're seeing it through our lens. That's brilliant. <laughs> uh, okay, you mentioned uh, some about Igor's journey, and you mentioned one of the aha moments that he had. I just wondered if there was any more um, stories or, or anything you'd like to share around his journey. Um, you know, whether how new this was for him, how challenging, maybe what, what helped, how you helped him move through it. Sure. Yeah, I, I I asked him before the call, I said, there's going to be a question like that. And I said, uh, you know, how was your move to unschooling? And he said, from what? <laughs> from what? Oh, sweet. <laughs> I can That's share. Perfect. And I said, like, what should I share? And he said, just share whatever you want. Um, I'm like, okay. <laughs> Thanks, Igor. <laughs> I can share from my perspective how well, it was. Absolutely. I don't know how it was for him. I think we walked together. We've been together for so long and we always just walk together. Um, I 
as I was learning uh, new bits and pieces and things that really struck me, I would, you know, run to him excitedly and share it with him. Um, and he would always say that it makes sense to him. And at the very beginning, uh, when I would get scared um, and I would share with him that I'm scared and I think what we're doing is like really crazy. And he would meet me right there <laughs> in my fear and reaffirm that it truly is crazy and we probably should stop doing it, you know. Um, so we would take one step forward, two ste steps back until... Um, you know, uh, we get so comfortable in our path and he would see the kids and he would, I guess, just get his own understanding of the process that now or later I would share my concerns with him and he would say, like, everything's fine. You're just, just let it go. It's all good. <laughs> and what's interesting in Igor is that he is a very talented guy in many areas. And sometimes I think like, why would just one person be gifted so many gifts? Like, it's just not fair to so many other people. <laughs> I mean, like, he's tall, good looking guy. He plays various musical instruments that he taught himself how to play. He's like really good at math, at figuring things out. He is amazing craftsman and an artist. He like any sport, he would play it well. He's always been a valued player on his team. He plays soccer uh, mostly. So I, I honestly don't know why a person is gifted so many gifts. <laughs> But 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 what's interesting about that is that he doesn't need to live his life through his kids. He doesn't have those complex that he did not accomplish something and now he has to push his kids hard to, you know, somehow validate his own ego in any way. Yeah. Um so that's good that way. And he's taught himself many things. So he knows how unschooling works. Uh, and both him and I were good students when we were in school. And we got like really disillusioned with the whole system. Um, and not just school, many systems, mm -hmm. medical system, whatever system. <laughs> Yeah, and that, so that's kind of his journey. And he is the kind of guy, he just loves spending time with the kids. He always has energy to play with them. He is silly with them. He loves to mentor them in a very loving and patient way. And um, he just, he brings so much joy into their life. And we're just very lucky to have him. <laughs> Oh, that's yeah. very sweet. Oh, I love that. I and I love your observation how he um about bringing our own a layer of our own expectations, you know, to our children and what we cuz we can even even subtly find ourselves kind of nudging them in directions that will feel satisfying to us. So, I love that that observation. So how has your relationship with your children changed since you guys began unschooling? Um, so, uh, like I said, I, before I was trying to, you know, control how the kids are, control even, how, you know, my relationship with Igor and, after I find that after realizing that and sometimes you know like I would get blind blindsided by an issue and not even realize that the issue is there yeah. or like let go of a layer and not realizing that there is a bigger layer underneath that I'm not even seeing yet and how letting go of that made his and my relationship so much better and that uh, just allowing him to be as a person um, and make his own decisions and um, 
same with the kids. Uh, so it relates well with that story you told about Daniel too, right? When you chose yeah. to join him, how um, much more connected your relationship became at that point, certainly around that. And I imagine that kind of opened up since that was a huge interest for him. Right. Yeah. 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 I, um, I think that um, I am just able to be more present and uh, more with them and more focused truly on their interests and that not how to, provide more information for that interest for them to learn something but because they just want that information because that would feed their joy and and it's joyous to me to see their joy you know I like love it's their that life. observation yeah because it really doesn't you really lose the need to do anything for the learning right yeah. yeah, yeah, it's it's about following their joy, their excitement. Yes, because you love love to see them light up, and you love to um, help them pursue the things that they're excited about. And then every once in a while, when you think learning, it's like, oh yeah, they're learning tons. <laughs> That's it. And it's for all of them. It's for Valerie. It's for Danielle. It's for Igor. You know, yeah, you you want to do this. And it was actually interesting because Igor, he got very randomly recruited by an agency and he started to act on the side. And uh, he found that when you're starting something like that, when you're 35 and you have no professional training, um, it's tough. Like it's not that you can just show up and act. You do want some training. <clears throat> and he came to Valerie's theory rehearsal and she has an amazing, amazing uh, uh, director, uh, just an amazing mentor to her and to everybody who's involved in that community theater. And Igor observed one of their rehearsals and he said, you know, like how awesome, like I wish I had something like that. And I said, Igor, you have something like that. This is community theater. You can join anytime you want. <laughs> He's like, oh, so he joined. He now on the board of directors. He has so much fun with this, you know, group of people. And that's his joy, you know. Oh, I love, I love, love, love that observation. You know, you can join. This is community theater. <laughs> And and that, that your daughter's doing it, right? I love um, so much. That's when we talk about unschooling is, is living in the world now, right? That's one of the ways you kind of describe it, you know. School is preparing them to live in the real world, and we're just choosing to live in the real world now and learn along the way as we're doing it. Um, and there are so many opportunities out there um, within the community that so often um, before we don't even consider, right? Because we're busy with our kids and kids are supposed to, you know, do school and do um, do their, their extracurricular activities that are geared just for them. But when you um, step away from that and just look for opportunities to engage with the community, there's all sorts of interests. Like I know sometimes I, uh, you know, would take, would take the kids to things and, and they weren't expecting to have children come of their own, you know, choice and show up. But so often they were very welcoming, right? Because it's a, a shared interest, something that they're interested in learning about. And a, a curious person, no matter their age, who wants to learn more about something that they're already there because they're, passionate about that interest, right? You know, theater for, as an example, right? It, it really doesn't matter. And we can, there's so many opportunities there for our kids to um, engage with others who, who share the same kinds of interests. I love that Igor and Valerie are both there. <laughs> well, Valerie wasn't sure at the beginning she would want him there because ah, yeah. for Valerie, yeah, she's very, she's the only extrovert in our family and she always looks for ways to connect with people and mm -hmm. to even like do her own thing. And 
I think theater was giving her that space where she would go like on a Sunday and be there for five hours and, you know, go with her girlfriends to a vending machine and run around and get in trouble and, you know, giggle it off. And she was having fun with that. And then when Igor was going to join, she wasn't sure if she would want the dad there. Yeah. But but then he joined anyway because <laughs> he wanted to do it <laughs> and, she, <laughs> and she found that it was helpful sometimes having him there like if she gets tired she just can lay down her head on him or just you know and he was never intrusive in what she wanted to do he's very respectful of her space and I think she got what she wanted out of it in terms of freedom like she's not looking for it anymore and it's not oh five hours at theater yay anymore it's more like oh five hours I have to be there you know like it's more like she, she's getting more theater out of it than, than the, the freedom the, that she wanted before yeah isn't it so fun to and watch maybe that's because we also relaxed around issues that we had yeah, yeah, it's all it's all connected, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it really, really is. So what has surprised you most about your journey so far? So what surprised me most was how much joy <laughs> there is in being in my kids' company, in helping them along with whatever they need help with. Um, in preparing, you know, yummy food for them, in um, creating the environment that everybody wants to be in. Um, And it's interesting that that environment that I'm creating for my family, then a lot of people love to visit and just to be in the space that we create. Yeah. Because, you know, like the message out there is very different. Um, Like people post on social media how happy they are that their kids are finally in school, like come the school year and like they're celebrating and how they want them to go to bed early so that they can have time for themselves. And uh, I used to think that too, like when... um, the kids were so young. I had two kids under the age of two. And I was thinking, you know, like, oh, once they go to school, like, finally, I'm going to have a break. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but, like, it's truly surprising what a gift it is to share this life together. And I think this life can be that joyous only after you've let go of all those issues when you're not trying to control them, when you are just there in partnership to, you know, have fun together and just enjoy the life together. Yeah, that's, that's such a great point. When you get to that, like we were talking about earlier, right? Even in, in relationships, right? When you get to the point where you're equals, you're all human beings and you can connect with them. There is joy and fun. You're, you're being with another person. It doesn't matter what their age is, right? You can connect and engage and, and have fun together. That's it, yeah. And I think there was also sometimes a time when I would get stuck with, you know, what, like, what about me? And what about me? And what about my interests? And like, what am I doing with my life? But I think that the equilibrium is really towards taking care of the kids when the kids are much younger, because there is that physical aspect of mothering. Mm -hmm. But as they get older, I find that me and my interests get very intertwined with our days and the flow of our days and everything, like everybody gets taken care of. Yeah. I love that observation. It's so true. I mean, when you have younger kids, it is a lot of hands-on physical help, right? You know, you're getting food and you're taking them, you know, here and there and you have to get help them get coats on and boots on, especially in Ottawa. <laughs> um, so it's a huge it's a it's a huge revelation when when you um, understand that that as 
when you start to notice that, as you say, your interest just comes up because you're having conversations with them, right? You're doing just, just hanging out together and the things we like naturally come up because they're often the example that we reach to when we're in a conversation. Oh, you know, I had that happen when I was doing X, Y, Z or whatever. And like you said, it's so beautiful how the stuff that we love intertwines with our life. Because as they get older, we're having more conversations like that, right? We have a little bit more space to do, to do things. Maybe we're... <clears throat> Whether it's, uh, you know, art, when drawing or crafting or reading or whatever, and they come in the room and they see what you're doing and you share a little update. It's, it's yeah. really fun. That's such a cool observation. And it's not only, it's now, it, it's now both ways. It's not just us sharing. Now they're sharing back and supporting us in some way. Like we went for a walk. Um, as a family and I was preparing for my very first Facebook live interview mm -hmm. and I was having all this doubt and I wasn't sure how to go about it and the kids were coaching me through it because they've seen so many live videos and they were saying well this youtuber is doing this and you have to have an intro and you have to do this and that and I'm like whoa guys like how do you even you know <laughs> <laughs> right Absolutely. Our lives can flow together so well, you know, when you, I think that's another big step. Another layer is opening up, not, not thinking about our like adult stuff and kid stuff. That's, that's yeah. not it. It's, it's our stuff. The things that we are all as individuals um, interested in. And it's amazing the connections and, and, and just the support and the information that that our kids can bring because they're awesome. <laughs> it, it's that support. It's that it's so nice to have that support and yeah. have somebody like truly care, right? It's um, oh, you want to do this? Yeah. Well, this is how you do it. And I I really really felt it um, recently. Like another aha for me. Kids went to a birthday party. We dropped them off, uh, Igor and I. And then Igor and I went for a walk. In we have this beautiful Gatineau Park. We went for a walk, and we came across a lake with beavers. And we could just stand there and watch them. They came so close. They were swimming around, and we were like taking pictures of them, like close-up pictures. It was so beautiful. And on the way back, I was walking. It was a narrow path. I was walking in the front and Igor was at the back. And uh, I was saying, you know, what do they eat? And Igor was like, Siri, what do beavers eat? <laughs> and then Siri would tell us. And I'm like, and do they hibernate? And he would look it up. And he just kept looking up all my questions. And I felt like so nice that somebody actually took time to answer my questions and, you know, uh, and I knew more and I was truly curious. And I thought, well, that's what, you know, I should be doing for my kids. Not, I don't know, or I'll look it up later. Actually, look it up. Like I do, but I, I, felt, I felt it, you know, yeah. like that aha that I felt. Yeah, like like you're in in their shoes again. <laughs> back back yeah. to the Anna story, right? And and that feeling of having your questions being treated as valuable, right? Yes, as important. Like being seen, right? Being seen, yeah. That's that's beautiful. Now, our last question: What's your favorite thing about your unschooling days right now? Just a little snapshot. Uh, so I was thinking recently that I am really enjoying my kids at the moment. Um, I, I always enjoy them, but <laughs> I, I just really, really <clears throat> like it right now. I don't know if it's going to change, if it's always going to be like that, like it is right now. Uh, like the kids are 10 and 8 at the moment. And that they're still, you know, so innocent, but at the same time, mature enough to have in-depth conversations uh, that weave from one subject to the next. And they are mentally stimulating conversations that 
everybody is enjoying. Um, I um, I like you know waking up together and chatting about the dreams that we had the night before. Uh, I love when we have slow days at home and um, the activities that the the kids have at the moment are also the ones that they truly, truly wanted and that they truly, truly enjoy. And then when they enjoy them so much, then it brings me joy watching them. Um, That's kind of it. I don't know if you wanted to know any specifics. Oh, no, no. I love that. Like, it's really, you're just, you're really enjoying your connection and your relationship and just, just how you guys are being together, right? Yeah, that's that's kind yeah. of yeah, that's beautiful, and 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 that that kind of relates back to you know you were talking about how when they're younger it's more hands on, it's more physical stuff, but then as they get older, it's so much more about um, <clears throat> because they can take care of a lot of the self care stuff, and now it's more about conversations and connections and observations and and support and just just engaging uh engaging with each other more like you said mentally rather than physically right yes yeah mm-hmm. and, and it's brilliant <laughs> and it's observing you know like there would be times where kids would struggle with something you know like be shy to approach people or be shy to make friends but Right now, Daniel, he he likes to scoot and he noticed that skate clubs that kids would come with friends and they would scoot together, like scooter together and um, exchange tips and tricks. And he would watch them and say, you know, I want to have friends like that. I want to have friends of the similar interest. And I said, you know, well, why don't we... Um, create our own scooter club with the homeschooling community and see who comes out and maybe you'll make connections that way. And we did at the end of August, we called out to people who wanted to come and that the same group of people comes once a week now for two and a half months. And at the beginning, the kids weren't sure and you know they were talking, but it wasn't as close. But on Tuesday, was this Tuesday, I think so, that we were there. And I saw kids separated in little groups and coupled here and coupled there, just chatting away and like really enjoying each other. And those relationships are growing. And it's just so nice to see and observe. Oh, wow. That's a great example. Yeah, that's another great example, too, of, you know, just creating an environment like you talked about at the beginning how you love creating you know your environment at home and and it's just you know let's create an opportunity and see what comes of it right and and if nothing really came of it you try something else right it's just kind of exploring it's it's the kind of the flow that we get into isn't it as we're trying to um create or connect or find the things that that we think we're wanting, right? He was wanting to connect with some other kids around the scooters and you created an opportunity to see, to see what would come of it. That's a, that's a really, yeah, a really great approach. Hi. (laughs) So I want to say thank you. Thank you very much for letting your mom speak to me today. I had a lot of fun, Tatiana. Thanks so much for sharing so many great insights about your de-schooling journey. It was, it was awesome to hear them. And I know you've got a new project going on now too. And can you share with people where they can connect with you online and find you there? Yeah, sure. Uh, I am uh, most present on Facebook um, as Tatiana Plechenko. I created um, a blog that is very new, a baby blog. I have only two posts there. (laughs) (laughs) It's uh, soulfulconnections.ca, and it also has a presence on Facebook. Uh, There is a page, Soulful Connections. So those are the best ways to find me. 
That's awesome. I will put uh, those links in the show notes. And thanks so much, Tatiana. I really appreciate you spending time with me. Bye. Thanks so much, Pam. Bye. Thanks for listening. I hope you found it helpful. You might also like the backlist episodes at livingjoyfully.ca forward slash podcast. While you're there, be sure to check out the first book in my Living Joyfully with Unschooling series, Free to Learn, Five Ideas for a Joyful Unschooling Life. In it, I share the five paradigm-changing ideas that most help me better understand unschooling. Reviewers have said, a quick read, but packed with ideas that challenge the dominant paradigm of our failing approach to learning, this little gem makes an excellent argument for unschooling. And... I was rather doubtful about this book, as I had never heard of the author, but after reading it, I wish that I had read it years ago. I hope you find it helpful too. Free to Learn has also been translated into French and Spanish. Until next time, have fun living and learning with your family.